Okay, back on a Wednesday and back with vaccine researcher Dr. Iris Gorfinkel going over the latest COVID headlines. Ontario expanding access to that COVID antiviral pill, announcing that earlier this week, Dr. Gorfinkel. And I guess uh, first off, can we take a step back? Can you remind us of just exactly what is Paxlovid and how does it work? So Paxlovid is a game changer because family doctors like me, in theory, could just simply write a prescription, take take a pill twice a day for five days, and what have I done? Reduced hospitalization by 90% with that pill. True, this is after the fact, somebody's already sick, but the person getting it, there's lots of challenges. It has to be within five days of symptom onset. If it's more than seven days after symptoms have started, there is zero benefit from it. Zero. You know, but it's tough. How do you get a PCR test within five days? Rapid antigen tests are acceptable, but the problem with that is that that's going to be positive three days after a PCR test. And it's not like everybody qualifies for Paxlovid. The people who qualify are the under-vaccinated, people who have not had even one booster dose. And they have to be an adult, and they have to have at-risk conditions, immunocompromise, obesity, hypertension, in order to qualify for that. So there are some challenges of getting it. But Mm -hmm. great drug, it is. And we are swimming in supply. We've got enough of it. Yeah. Are there any side effects that we know of? And do we know the success rate of this antiviral? Yeah. So the big thing about Paxlovid is that it greatly reduces the risk of hospitalization. So instead of having 10 people go to the hospital who get COVID-19, and don't forget, if somebody is already vaccinated with two doses, the likelihood of going to hospital is already reduced by 75%. But Paxlovid, for a high-risk individual, pushes that down a further 90%. So that's really good. Or 90%. Not a further 90%. It reduces it by 90%. You know, so the side effects of the drug, it's funny. A lot of the side effects are similar to COVID itself. Changes in taste. Diarrhea. Who knew? That is definitely one of the main symptoms of COVID-19, but Paxlovid can worsen that. can cause muscle aches. That's another side effect of the drug. And it can raise blood pressure. And that's especially important with people who start out with high blood pressure. We have to watch that carefully. All right. It's been approved, though, for some time, Dr. Gorfinkel. Have health officials, have they done a good enough job? Are we a little behind here when it comes to uh, making sure that uh, people are aware of this, that the healthcare professionals such as yourself have access to it as well? Seems like there's been a lot of barriers that are just finally maybe coming down here. It was, there was tremendous barriers. First of all, how is someone older supposed to access PCR testing within just a day or two of having symptoms? That, that was tremendously hard. And never mind, a lot of people don't have rapid antigen testing still. So getting tested was one barrier. Then reaching out to the family doctor who then had to make sure that the person was referred properly to the to the to the people who actually could give the prescription. Now that's changed. Family doctors can actually write a prescription for individuals who are 18 and over and immunocompromised, but they have to have that positive PCR test or a positive rapid antigen test at a minimum. You know, everyone over 70 can qualify, no matter how many vaccines they've had, for Paxlovid, potentially. 
But the key is it's got to be diagnosed early on. So you got a bit of a runny nose, you've got to get tested. Individuals who are under-vaccinated, we're talking one or two doses or no doses, over 60, qualify. And individuals who are even over 18 who are under-vaccinated, as long as they have a high-risk condition, including obesity, can potentially qualify for Paxlovid. But the key is early testing to confirm the diagnosis so you can be within that five-day window to start therapy. All right, let's move uh, from the pill back to uh, the vaccine, uh, the shot, the the needle, and talk a bit about uh, COVID and a fourth dose of the uh, vaccine. Uh, Who's eligible right now for a fourth dose, and are we prioritizing uh, the right individuals uh, out of the gate here? Well, fourth doses are an interesting topic. We've got people in long-term care. So Ontario actually leaped ahead of NACI guidelines and started giving them to folks in long-term care before NACI said it was good. But in Ontario, it's all individuals over the age of 60 who qualify for a fourth dose. Now, that has to be five months after dose two. All Indigenous and household members also qualify for that fourth dose. But what does that fourth dose actually do? It reduces the severity of, you know, getting infections, BA2 included. So that's one thing. It'll lessen the severity. It lessens the likelihood of so-called mild disease. It lessens the likelihood of getting that by about 50%. So we don't see an improvement over the third dose. What we see is just trying to boost that immunity up to what the third dose had given. You know, so it's not it's not exactly a perfect thing. You know, we're, we're because the problem with BA2 and the variants is that immunity tends to wane. It's hard to keep up with the novel coronavirus. And now we can we can certainly anticipate more variants. We're not done with this, mm-hmm. unfortunately. All right. Speaking of, just finally here this afternoon, uh, when you talk about uh, more variants and new variants, uh, when do you think we'll finally see those uh, stop uh, emerging? Uh, What are we looking at? Uh, What's it going to come down to uh, that uh, there might be a day where we're no longer talking about variants? I only wish that I could say that day we're coming sooner than it is. You know, it's ultimately a global village. We will not see the end of the pandemic until the world is vaccinated. So ask me, how vaccinated are we? According to our world and data, three in five people worldwide have two doses. Now, that's pretty exciting until you realize that about half of them were Chinese vaccines, which unfortunately have very little, if any, protection against Omicron. So that's a serious problem. Now, a booster shot does help in those those individuals. They need Pfizer. You know, so... This is what we need to do. The world continues to view global vaccine as some kind of charity act. It's not. It's a form of self-preservation. Everyone is going to win when new variants stop emerging. And the longer we see these vaccine inequities, the higher the risk that every country, including Canada, is going to face of the virus evolving in ways that we cannot prevent or predict. All right. Got to leave it there for another week. Dr. Gorfinkel, much appreciated as always. Thank you so much for your knowledge, your insight, and we will talk again next Wednesday. Many thanks. All the best. You too. Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, vaccine researcher with us once again here on a Wednesday afternoon. We'll get a break here on the Jeff MacArthur Show. Stay with us. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.